Hello everyone, my name is Liam Piper, I am a Twitch streamer over at twitch.tv slash Liam Piper, and I'm also a retro speedrunner. I speedrun Super Mario World and Star Fox 2. I recently found the SNES podcast, and boy, it was a good decision. The two hosts, Greg and George, really bounce well off of each other, they've got very good chemistry. The game reviews they do go into such deep detail... And they cover pretty much every single aspect of the game that they review. I highly recommend the SNES podcast to anyone who is a fan of retro video games. $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast, with your hosts, Soul Blazer and George. Super NES podcast. This is episode number fifty. Uh, this is one of your regular, like regular uh, co-host Greg, aka Soblazer. I'm very pleased again to be joined by my usual co-host, uh, who was not even alive during most of the Super NES lifespan, George. I'm shooting for the stars with my super scope. <laughs> uh, yes, it's like it only worked that way, but <laughs> well, that, that's that's not how it works. <laughs> uh well maybe in some i think you're thinking of the of the sega master system uh gun instead so uh sure you do well you do know that the sega master gun was based off in popular japanese japanese anime right mr mr sega Ma- uh, master system podcaster yeah it was based off of zillion right so it makes yeah. more so that statement that statement makes more sense like that like that gun Anyway, <laughs> that's an awesome 80s gun. Uh, well, I like the look of the Super Scope, too, but uh, we'll get into that. Um, as you may have guessed, we're doing we're doing a special episode this uh, this time around. This being the 50th anniversary of the pot. 50th anniversary. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, 50th episode uh, of the podcast. But uh, we're getting ahead. Of, yeah, like we're getting like a. Yeah, like we're getting too ahead of myself there. You're but... assuming that we won't be doing this for 50 years. Well, there's enough games to support during your 50 years, that's for sure. Uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
we're we're taking a look at we're, we're taking a look at some at some at some peripherals uh, for the Super NES in this episode. And before we get into it, I I want to I want to preface this by issuing some very big um, uh, if has buts. So uh, as for some of the qualifications that we use for deciding what to cover, uh, because there were literally hundreds of uh, uh, of accessories and add-ons that were available for the Super NES. Uh, and even more so, they count the Japanese market. So, we oh we, man, the Japanese market is <laughs> awesome. We wanted to we wanted to focus upon upon a few that were very popular in both the U.S. and Europe. We wanted to focus upon some that were distinctly unique to the Super NES, and we wanted to focus upon some that had limited applications. So, for example, while the Super Advantage was very popular, uh, it really it, it, it's like it was really just an improved version, improved version like the NES Advantage, and worked in, uh, like worked for every game. So, it's like it kind of got disqualified. I have to tell you something, Greg. I actually own two thirds of what we're talking about here. Well, very good because since I emulate everything, I, like I own nothing. But <laughs> oh, well then. Uh, so the three accessories that we picked to cover um, are, are the like Super Scope. The Super NES mouse and the Super Game Boy. So, uh, which which two do you have, George? I have the mouse and the Super Game Boy. Have you used? Have you had a chance to use? Have you had a chance like use like use like use like use like use a Super Scope? No. I have used that back in the day, um, and I've also had a chance to use the mouse back in the day. Uh, and uh, my and I own. Um, like I owned a Super Game Boy, like for several years, I had the system. So, fun uh, fact for Retro on Five users: uh, if you plug in the SNES mouse, you can actually use it, and a mouse cursor will appear. Hmm. It's really interesting, and I did, I didn't expect them to do that, but that was, that was awesome. Hmm. Yeah, that's a nice touch. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, as I mentioned earlier, there are literally hundreds of accessories that came out with Super NES. I mean, you name it, and you could get it. Uh, but either, like, you know, pencil sharpener, maybe in Japan, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. There was a there, there was a there was a sewing machine add-on like in Japan. Yes, so, I heard about that. But um, so um, it, uh, so some of the most so Wait, was that wasn't that for the Game Boy? Wasn't the SNES like some? I I might be getting this wrong, which I probably am. Uh, but isn't wasn't the SNES like a knitting machine or something like that? It, it could have been. Um, you may be right. I may be getting those two mixed up. Although but... I, what is what you know, there are chances that I am more wrong than you are. <laughs> um, um, some of the accessories are ones that you would find. Uh, you know that you'd expect and like it become common in modern consoles. Uh, there are wireless controllers available. Uh, they all they all operated on direct line of sight infrared, so they, uh, like they didn't work all that great. Yeah, um, no. There were there were battery backups available that you could use to be able to actually like uh, do save states on games if you wanted to, uh, which like you know pretty cool. Those uh, things are super. They're interesting, but they're super wonky. Right. There was there was copy carts available, which allowed you to illegally <laughs> illegally make uh, 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 a dump. Uh, of the of the game ROM, um, early piracy was yep. really interesting. To there me. was a there was a there was a baseball accessory called the batter up, which allowed you to be able to actually uh, like use a to actually to actually use it like a to use it 
to use like a bat, uh, like in the baseball game. Okay, I want to know how many people have smashed their TVs like they did with the Wii. (laughs) Um, Because I'm sure that was a problem that happened. uh, There was a... um, there was a um, um, uh, there was there was a VR goggle set available. There what? Was, yeah, uh, very 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 primitive hardware, mind you. It didn't really. Oh work yeah, on, this but. was like the early nineties. Speaking about primitive, there was also there was also modem available, which allowed you to play some games like online. I remember that. I remember so, I remember hearing about that. Yes. Uh, there was a. Uh, there was a motion sensor pad where you could actually like stand inside that pad and sensors detect detect your emotions or at least try to. Oh, was it like a what are they called? The Sega Activator? Is that what that was called? Sim- very similar to that. Yes. Oh man. Um, there was a there was a voice activated a voice activated gun that you could use to be able to to use your words to do actions in games. I remember there was one for the NES. Yep. Uh, again, similar concept. So. Uh, what else were some of the more oddball ones? Uh, uh, oddball ones like out there for the system. Uh, there was, there were, there were gamer chairs which had like built-in built-in speakers and vibrators uh, that tried to mimic uh, the gameplay to have sound come out of different speakers and and uh, vibrations happen at certain points in your body uh, during the gameplay. We so. still kind of have things like that now, but it's only like they're not directional speakers too. Mm-hmm. add immersion but there's a there like i even have one um <laughs> it doesn't vibrate but it has a subwoofer in the back which you feel um and man that subwoofer is awesome for <laughs> a, a chair subwoofer and it has like speakers and stuff right. and then you could just plug in uh like headphones or whatever right. if you want there was also the uh tv tv uh golf a uh, golf club, which was used for uh, golfing games. I want to know how many people threw their golf <laughs> clubs at their TVs and broke them in frustration. There was the life fitness, life fitness flight entertainment system, which was, uh, which was an exercise bike controller, uh, built in modern software. Believe it or not, I've actually, I've actually heard about this and seen pictures of this already, so I'm not surprised. Uh, there was the there was the multi tap, of course, which allowed you to be able to play like. Uh, the four-player games. I've never seen the multi-tab. Uh, yeah, it came with, uh, it came with a, um, um, uh, uh, it was actually developed by Hudson Soft, with, uh, Hudson Soft, with, that makes sense. With Nintendo's permission, because it was, because it was, because it was meant to, uh, because it was designed, uh, because it was designed for use, like, at the Bomberman game. That, yep, that's, that's, I figure that was the reason why. So. Uh, do you know what other games supported the multi-tab? I don't right now. Okay. I, we, we, we weren't covering it, so I didn't do any research on it. I'm okay. sure there are others out there, though. Um, oh, I, um, uh, Ivan Stewart, uh, I believe, is another game that that, that after four-player mode. Um, don't quote me on that, but I believe I remember playing that playing it that way back then. So, um, Don't quote me on that is my <laughs> motto. There was also there was also and this is the, there was also and this is the coolest accessory I think uh, Japan only the satellite view like you. Uh, uh, do you know about this one, George? Um, yeah, I I believe it's called the Satella View. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's how you pronounce it. No, that's 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 fine. Um, yeah, no, it if if it's what I'm thinking, it is. Uh, wasn't it something like there would be like a radio station you'd listen to? Not a radio station. Uh, uh, Am I thinking of the Famicom one then? Uh, like it was a TV station. Okay, so I'm aware of the 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 Super Famicom one. I think I was thinking of the 
the original Famicom right. uh, version one. Right. Uh, yes, but I, I am aware of the the Centella view. Yeah. Um, so it was people. Adapt- uh, sorry to cut you off, but uh, people have uh, downloaded the ROMs of the games and pieced them together and. I believe somewhere on the internet you can find them and actually play them, which is very impressive because how do you how do you find something like that that was just broadcasted to well, like, there were Japanese two consoles? There, there were two different there were two different types there were two different groups of games the games available available on that. Um, it was basically just to summarize real quick for anybody who doesn't know about it. Uh, it was a device which was basically a modem that allowed you to hook that allowed you to uh, call connect to the Saint Giga. Uh, TV station in Japan only during certain hours of the day. It was only available from like 4 to like 9 p.m. Um, because they were broadcasting normal TV programs during the rest of the time. Later in the rest of the time. So um, there were two groups of games available on it. One of them was just simply uh, Super NES games uh, with their no or very limited enhancements that you could simply download and play whenever you wanted to because it really didn't depend upon the signal. And the other group of games was, as George was just saying, um, specially modified and enhanced games that depended upon the signal. So it was a one-time experience. Like, for example, there was a version of Legend of Zelda that was released for that. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, F-Zero also came out in a special version like that. Um, and and it, and the episodes would... And you could only play a certain, a certain part of the game on each night when they were broadcasting that... Uh, broadcasting that specific part of the game and there's also like you know live commentary and music available uh during the uh, uh during the gameplay and whatnot and if you missed it because you were sick or had a date or whatnot well sucks to be you because um <laughs> you're you were out on a date sucks to be you <laughs> so uh because it uh because because some of these were one broadcast only, and that was it. I'm so. sitting here all alone in my dark room playing this modified version of Legend of Zelda. So and yes, hackers have been able to recreate most of that. Yeah. So so we can play the enhanced version now with the enhanced graphics and music and, and whatnot, but you don't get the um uh the actual uh but you don't get the online bonuses. Okay, um, I have to ask you: Are you aware of the uh, blank cartridge that you were able to get in Japan? Uh, and if you go to I think it was convenience random convenience stores there'd be a machine that you plug your blank cartridge into and it would load up a, a, uh, a special game of your choosing. I thought, yeah, I thought that's for the like Famicom though. Is it the Famicom or is it the super Famicom? The Famicom because, because, uh, because Nintendo, Nintendo had that day, a disc disc system add on for the Famicom, which allowed you to just go into convenience stores and just put your disc in the machine and get the game you wanted to. Uh, like much cheaper I, price. I believe there was also a a a cartridge version. If there is, I'm not aware of it. But there very well could have been. Uh, like I said, like I said, the Japanese had tons. Am I wrong more. about this? Sometimes I feel like I'm wrong about things, but this <laughs> feels so true. Well, if anybody out there knows, just like let us know. But... Did you know there's also an expansion module that lets you play Atari 2600 games? Yes, uh, there was also there was also there was also an expansion module expansion modules that allowed you to play like NES games. Wait, were you playing along with my joke, or is that actually a thing? No, that's actually a thing. Well, um, I don't know if it came out back then when the system was 
flame system was live. <laughs> but nowadays there is one available for. Us. I just pulled the joke out of my butt, and you're like, "Yeah, no, I I remember that." But there's also this. I was like, "Wait, <laughs> this is actually a thing." I think it was just something like a one-time hack. You know, if somebody did it just because to okay, prove, to, 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 to prove they could do it. Because <laughs> I was just making a joke, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Well, all it really is is just like an adapter. Just an adapter. You just like plug the plug the game into one end, and the other end plugs into your Super NES and uses the Super NES for like the power, the power and video and everything. So. Oh yeah, no, no. But, I mean, yeah, it's, so. it's like because like twenty six hundreds were made yeah. with off the shelf parts. But there were like several third party third party NES adapters available that you could use to play NES games. I am aware of that. So. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, and of course the most the most infamous planned the most infamous planned a uh, add-on which never actually which never actually which never actually got finished was not one but two attempts to create a CD-ROM add-on for the system. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, but you didn't know that? <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I thought maybe you didn't that's know the about birth, the... that's the birth of the PlayStation. Well, most people don't know those also so most people don't know that the that the deal of Sony was a second attempt at it. The first deal, like, was with Philips. Well, I thought they went to Philips after Sony. Ah, uh, I d- believe I believe they went to Philips after Sony. It depends upon who you talk to, because it's, to, 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 because it's, uh, uh, because there's because there's, because the sources saying like saying like either thing, uh, like either place. That's interesting because it seems what, like it, it, it seems so, like Nintendo was in the, it, it seems like Nintendo was talking to both companies simultaneously like for a while too. Just to I muddy, think that's the story as well, and then just to yeah 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 just to muddy things even further. But the story that I keep seeing is that they they were talking to Sony and then they were talking to Philips and they were talking to both, and then eventually they they dropped. They they walked away from Sony and went with Philips, and then obvious this whole obvious thing happened where this add-on didn't happen, and then Philips had rights to create gay Nintendo games for the CDI, and they're all garbage. And they had their well, yes, specifically they had the rights to use to use Mario and just like use Mario and Zelda. So they created, yeah. so they created like one Mario and three Zelda games. Yeah, the Zelda games are crap, but Hotel Mario is pretty good actually. Uh so I I do not have my hands on a CDI. I I am not sure I will ever have my hands on a CDI. <laughs> but from what I've seen, it does not look so great. Um, wasn't there there also there was also an unfinished game? Yes, there was. Yep. Uh, Super Mario's Wacky World. Yeah, it was kind of based upon like a. There's uh, actually a proto. I think right, there's yeah. like a prototype disc that's a, that's going around. Yeah, it's a very similar looking Super Mario World, basically in game. But it's. Right? Uh, but. I mean, the thing is, it's in a very early version. Where oh yeah, of course. I don't right. think you could finish any right. level, and right. It doesn't. That doesn't look super great either. But that's that was really super interesting to me finding. Uh, just like finding like prototype like anything when this whole. Uh, Nintendo PlayStation thing came around where this guy found it in his, in his father's attic or whatever. Which apparently I was works. just like, wow. Yeah, well, there are no games for the disc add-on, but it can play SNES games for right. sure. Right. I mean, that's that's amazing <laughs> in general, though. So we, you know, we finding out that it has working hardware in there is insane. I just it makes me wonder, like. 
when when is this whole there's got to be a time where somebody learns how to create games for it and will make like games for this this add-on that barely exists oh yeah i'm sure but it's gotta be a time it's it's crazy yeah the the um it's never been confirmed publicly by the company, but the long-standing story out there has been that has been the uh, has been Nintendo and Sony deal fell apart uh, because 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 Nintendo felt that the, that the contract that Sony was offering was too restrictive and would give Sony too much power, like over like um, uh, like over like over what they could 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 not make for it and how much royalties they were getting for it. So, yeah, basically the story I have is about the same. Where so Nintendo didn't uh, want to give up that much that much power. So yeah, so Sony, Sony had like it was like something like either Sony had complete control over it or most control over, it, and obviously Nintendo right. was not going to stand for that. Whereas in contrast, I, I've never heard anything convincing out there as to why the Sony Philips deal fell apart. You mean Nintendo Philips? Yeah, sorry, that's right. Um. I don't know too much about that. I know there that had, there was a deal between them and all the CDI stuff happened. There's, yeah, there's been very little said about that. Yeah, uh, it's most... The the headlights are mostly on Nintendo and Sony during that deal. We do know that they were supposed to use the uh, the AV expansion, the expansion port on the bottom of the system, whichever got, you've, whichever got used for anything uh, during the course of the system's, the, the system's lifetime. So. I believe it was supposed to be an add-on, and then there was also... Right. Uh, like you've seen with the prototype, a standalone console that had both combined. I never saw that mock-up. The mock-up I saw had the had the Super NES sitting like sitting on top of the uh, uh, the CD-ROM units. Uh, all of the um, uh, the, uh, the the Sega CD uh, uh, version one. Yeah, but like in reverse. Right. Or no, not in reverse. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not in reverse. <laughs> I'm think I'm thinking of like Model Two. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Model which, Two is side by side, which I actually own. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it works. I still don't know if my, I've had my Sega CD for a while. I still don't know if it works. I don't even have any games for it. Actually, I could probably just pop in like a a, 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 a music. C- I was struggling to figure out how to say music CD. <laughs> this is the world that we're coming to. But uh, I'm sure I could just test out. Although. I don't know. I'm not going to ramble about this. Let's continue. <laughs> but yeah, let's. Yep, let's get on to the focus about some hardware that did actually exist for the system. Um, starting off, the with SNES butt scratcher. <laughs> that was one, uh, right? Um, I was going to start off with Super Scope actually. Oh. Um, okay. The Super Scope, as as the name probably implies to you, is just simply a um, light gun. That's just simply the Super NES version of the very popular like NES Zapper. You can uh, use it as a butt scratcher too. You could if you wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> although it'd smell weird. Right. Um, the super uh, like, like, like super scope was released in 1992 in both North America and the Power region. Um, it did not get released in Japan until the following year, and, and then only got a limited release. Really? Uh, because light guns light guns were never as popular in Japan as like they were in the West. Probably so, because the Japanese don't like guns. But, I I don't know if that's true. That's I was just making something up. <laughs> there were, yeah, there are, there are plenty of Japanese of Japanese light gun games that came out in later years. So I don't know, maybe yeah. it was, maybe it was just something about the '90s that didn't really 
But Nintendo just said that they only did a very small, uh, like small run in Japan because there wasn't very much demand for it. That's but, really interesting. Which there wasn't very much demand in the states either. But we'll get to that later on. But they, um, um, com- compared to the compared to the compared to the NES Zapper, which was just simply like one unit, the the Super Scope actually was made up of two units, um, which worked together. You had the transmitter, aka the gun itself, um, and you also had the receiver, which was just simply. Um, the port that plugged into the uh, the second the second control port of like the console itself, and uh, um and the and the light gun itself has two buttons on it. It has a purple fire button, it's like a gray pause button. It also has a switch that could be used to turn on or off uh, turbo fire, which is kind of nice. Um, and it also has a uh, um um and it's powered by six by six AA batteries. So it was definitely a battery hog. I have to ask, it doesn't use IR at all? No, because what it does, I actually, I, I actually have here, thanks to a tech website, um, an exact, an exact description, like of how, like of how the Superscope operates. I want to hear this. Which is not very long. So just, uh, so I'll just like, you know, rattle this up like real quickly. Um, First, let me just say that I do love the look of uh, uh, the Super Scope. Um, it, it's very bazooka looking. Um, I don't like the way that you have to hold it like an RPG. It's a little bit awkward to hold. It's not as comfortable as a zapper. That's they should have. Sure, they should have made it more like an assault rifle type of thing, not a RPG type mm-hmm. of thing. But um, so uh, technically, how it operates. Um, Oh, I forgot. There's also there's also there's also a third button, uh, like on the, the a third button like on the gun, uh, way on the far end of the bottom, uh, like near the grip is a small button labeled like, like is a small button that's labeled cursor, and this is used to be able to do some a um, um, uh, what's the word number? Uh, oh, calibration, uh, like of the like of the games. Okay. So, um, okay, technical description, um. On the end, like on the end of the gun, is the infrared, like the infrared transmitter, uh, the lens, which is approximately one inch to one inch in size, which picks up the light from the TV set. The, the sight mount is shaped is shaped like a wide, very shallow U, uh, about five inches long. The end that faces the toward the shoulder of the shoulder mount and the super scope has a round open cylinder holder where the eyepiece goes. The other end has a short narrow tube which forms the sight where one looks through the eyepiece that that's in line across from it. The end of the eyepiece is very simple. Uh, it's a cylinder with it's a cylinder with the approximate diameter um, of a quarter, with a with a removable rubber rubber piece through which the shooter looks. The sight is designed so that the aim will be correct at a distance of three meters, uh, also like also known as ten feet. Uh, the receiver is a small box um, on the front on the front of it. It's like an over oval shaped black area um, with a red sensor about the size of a dime. Um, the super scope makes use of the scanning process used like used in used in cartridge uh, tube monitors or TV sets. Uh, in short, the screen is drawn by a scanning electron beam that travels horizontally across each line of the screen from top to bottom, and a fast like a fast uh, like a fast photo uh, like, like photo diode will see any particular area of the screen illuminated illuminate, uh, only briefly at that point uh, as that point is scanned, while the human eye will see a constant image. 
The super, the super scope takes advantage of this in a very simple matter. It simply it simply outputs a zero signal when it sees a television television raster scan, and a one signal one signal when it doesn't. Inside the console, this signal is this signal is delivered like is delivered is delivered to the PPU. Uh, which is the actual processing unit uh, unit of the gun, which notes which which notes which screen pixel is out is outputting it at the moment that the signal transitions from one to zero. At the end of the frame, the game software can retrieve this door to door position to determine 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 where on the screen that the gun was aimed. Um, so basically, very similar in operation to how the zapper worked. Uh, the difference is that um, the, the difference is that the, the receiver. Is used actually um, uh, because the because because the sensor on it uh, it's used to actually it, it, like it's used like, like it's used like it's used in conjunction with the uh, the targeting the targeting scope on the gun itself to like the correct gameplay. It sounds like that sensor actually is IR. It doesn't actually say anywhere here that's IR. And uh, I mean, what else? What else would it be? Hmm. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I'm handicapped a little bit by knowledge because I never actually had a super scope uh, uh, back then. I want, uh, I wanted one. Um, it was a hundred bucks when it came out though. Like, although it did have a game built into it. So, um, and there were not a lot of games that came out that supported the system, that, uh, that supported the gun, unlike the zapper. We'll get to the game list later on. So my interest in it quickly waned off. Especially when I had a chance to try it at a friend's house and find it wasn't it uh, that the gun didn't simply operate like operate as well as the zapper did. I, I mean, it operated fine, but the calibration mode was a little bit annoying and it didn't feel it didn't have the right comfort grip or ease of use that the zapper did, like as you already mentioned. Okay, so so the the, the zapper for NES uh, when you pull the trigger, the screen would. Uh, go black except for the targets that were squares that were white and the gun would sense that um and that's 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 basically how they did that um now what it sounds like you were explaining with the gun uh the the super scope uh it sounds like a like an early prototype Wii where it hits the sensor and uh it Without showing you, it tracks where the gun is pointed. That sounds that sounds pretty oh, advanced for the time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I actually said this, but I didn't actually clarify this like very well. Um, the infrared transmitter, uh, like on the receiver, is actually pointed toward the TV set. So that, it is IR, but not but not in the sense it picks up it picks up it picks up the signal from the gun. It picks up the signal like from the TV set. So. It's so it's like so like so the like the receiver the, the receiver picks it from the TV set, and then the gun sends it to the TV set, which kind of bounces back to the receiver, kind of like. So um, before you were telling me this wasn't IR, now you're telling me it is IR. Well, like I said, they don't actually use 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 that language, but yeah, that's what it sounds like. So I okay. mean, but. There was just some there was just some there was just confusion about the actual term because because. It's because when you said IR, I was thinking like IR on the gun. It's not IR on the gun. Like no, IR. on the sensor. Yeah, on the receiver. Yeah. But and it which just, it had to be like what other technology did they, did they have? There was no like gyroscope stuff or accelerometer or whatever. You know, this stuff is like that stuff is like recent. Hmm. 
It had to be some kind of IR. It, it, it's curious. It's curious as to how this operates, though, and you know why the, why they went with this method as opposed to just using the straight the straight plug into the system like the Zapper did. Because it's probably more accurate. Because it's 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 tracking what it's looking at, and it's not relying on the gun to look at uh, flashes on the screen. Mm. It's looking at this invisible cursor. This, this cursor that's always tracking, and you can't see it, but the hardware can see it. And where you, you know, where you aim, you obviously shoot. Uh, I, I don't know. It makes. <laughs> it, am I making sense? Because it makes, no, it sense, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so I do. Because it, there's like, although like you you were scratching the surface with that like, um explanation of how it works from that article like they're like you can like really get in depth with this and i apologize and i apologize out there to listeners like for any possible confusion we're not hardware people so well i, <laughs> I am hardware people i i i am not an expert but i i know how uh, a good amount of things work but you don't know like for sure like how this works. So you're in the same I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent, but I from, from what this article you've been reading from, it it sounds like it's it is is uh tracking what it's looking at. Uh how that's interesting, I'd have to think about it. But like just 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 listening to what you have to say, it's it's tracking it um with this IR sensor. Uh, and it, 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 all in all, it is more accurate because, um, you can actually point to things and hit them in different spots. Whereas the, the light gun, the zapper for the NES was, um, is it looking at that square? Yes or no. It's more binary. Whereas this is like, I don't know how to, exp I don't know how to really explain it. Well, but it, it's it's yeah. it's 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 more accurate though. Yeah. Because it's not it's not relying on you to activate the system. It's already it's already tracking your 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 looking. I keep I'm still repeating what I'm saying. <laughs> just go, just go on. Well, unfortunately, the super scope has the same limitation that all like early light guns do. It it, it only works on C it, it like it only works on CRT television sets and monitors. Which makes sense because the new TVs. Um, if you, there will be latency, uh, if you, so if you listen to the latest episode of PlayStation power, um, <laughs> at least to this, according to this recording, um, we had a guest on and he actually explains how it works. Uh, not, not the gun, but like how, if you plug in something like an SNES and you plug it in, well, you plug it in through anything. Uh, it's going to be an analog signal, and the TV has to convert that to digital. So there's some latency with that on top of the HD TV having latency anyway mm. with uh, with anything. Um, so that's going to screw up the tracking. Mm. Um, I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe it's um, it thinks you're pointing somewhere else that you were pointing like five seconds ago or something maybe. Not right. maybe maybe not that long maybe like a second at most or something like that but mm. it, there's 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 a lot of science behind that because HD TVs create a lot of latency yes uh, it seems and that's 
that's a huge problem even with uh, new games. So, hmm. but yeah, let's let's not get into the science. Let's talk about fun stuff and happiness and. <laughs> yeah, speaking about games, uh, Super Scope, the Super Scope did come with a uh, uh, packing game. Yoshi's simply... Safari? Is that no, what just simply called Super Scope Six. Oh, so, right, that game, and then yeah. one of the games that you could get was Yoshi's. Was yes. it called Yoshi's Safari? Yes, Yoshi's Safari was one of the games. I beat that in like five minutes <laughs> because I emulated it and used my mouse. Yep. That game was easy. Yep. So there is there is there is lim- there is limited emulation support for this. That was really um, so. cool. that was really cool though that you that Yoshi game. Yeah. Although I beat it five minutes. So Super Scope Six was just kind of like six like six like six simple games uh, in one. The quality varied. Some of it was pretty good, um, but the detail. Um, but all the games did kind of make good use of the of the light gun. Um, the six games were just simply, um, Blasterous, Blasterous, which is just simply, as the name is just, uh, an improved version, um, uh, a modified version of, of Tetris, which, um, there's a, uh, Moon Patrol, which are trying to protect the garden from evil blue moles by shooting them. There's a Whack-A-Mole game, which, which is played like the Whack-A-Mole game that you know from the arcades. Um. Oh, yes. Whack-A-Mole with a gun. Yes. <laughs> um, there is the a um, uh, there is a laser blaster, uh, which is a um, uh, another another game with moles, but this time you're trying to intercept them. Um, what else is on here? There's also there's also um, and there's also like engage, which is you're trying to shoot down like enemy fighters and missiles. Oh, engage! I have two of those things. <laughs> um. And there's also like uh, there's also like um uh like oh, I'm sorry um laser blast has three different laser blast itself is actually is actually like it's actually three different game modes that's where we're getting the actual the actual the actual six game, the, the actual six games of one uh, from this um laser blast has type A intercept type B engage and type um type C uh, and type C which is called a confront so. Um, you're technically getting so like that's how I'm getting I get in the six games like this. As I said before, there weren't many games released for released for Super Scope support, which is which is one reason that I kind of lost interest in buying one. Is this more of like a gimmick? What is like? I don't think Nintendo the Super meant, Scope. I don't think the intent was for them to start off as a gimmick with it. But it turned into one because yes, there wasn't because much support. There was only That's... a dozen games released for that actually a dozen games released that actually had like leg gun support. That's kind of sad. Uh, those games were Battle Clash, uh, Bazooka Blitzkrieg, uh, the Hunt. That for Red sounds o- like a cool game. <laughs> uh, the Hunt for Red October. Okay. Uh, Use the bonus games like on that. Um, a Lamborghini American Challenge, which was also like used for few. Wait, bonus. what? It was also used for a bonus game at that. Okay. Uh, Lemmings 2, The Tribes. Okay. Um, uh, Metal Combat, Falcon's Revenge. Operation Thunderbolt. The Super Scope 6, which you already mentioned. Uh, T2, The Arcade Game. Oh, okay. I forgot that there was support for that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tin Star. Uh, X-Zone. And the already previously mentioned Yoshi Safari. Which is a cool game. Yeah. So. Better than Yoshi's Island. Yep. <laughs> People are going to murder me for that. 
Um, so that's pretty much all there is to it. I mean, it's just like your improved version of Lead Gun. Um, I don't think it was as good as the, like as good as the Zapper, despite the better technology. Um, you know, I like the look of it better, but that's pretty much about the main advantage the main advantage that I could give to it. So it's I think it's more fun to have a Zapper not working properly than to have a Super Scope Six not working properly. But the ability to uh, but I will say, however, the ability to have like rapid fire, like on or off, uh, flavor games, flavor games, are pretty nice. I I'm impressed with the Super Scope because everything that it does, mm. but it's it's a bulky piece of plastic that eats up your D batteries or whatever. In, oh yeah, yeah, in like an hour. Six double like, A batteries. Ah. That was a lot of power. Um, double A's. No, it wasn't double A's. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Look it up, Greg. I don't think that was double A's. Yep. I think they were like D or C's. Yep, the transmitter, the, the transmitter, the Super Scope 6 was powered by six. The gun. Was, I'm talking sorry. about the gun. Yeah, the gun. Sorry. The transmitter, like, is the gun. Um, it, it was powered by six double A batteries. Double A's? Yep. Which, is, which makes it even more power hungry than the original Game Boy. What was I thinking of then? I could have sworn they were like C's or D's. No, by this time, C's and D's are pretty much falling out of favor. You're thinking more like the, the 80s based electronics that they use as, they use as batteries. By the 90s, pretty much everything had transitioned, transitioned over to double A's um, or triple A batteries. Huh. I could have, I could have sworn that gun used whatever i'm probably wrong i just think remember my friend complaining complaining like about the batteries like about how long that it um the fact that yeah you're right it didn't get very much play time at all it wasn't um like it wasn't as bad as an hour but you probably but you probably what he said about approximately like four to five hours was like typical uh typical for it i'm just trying to figure out why did i think they were c's or d's Probably because like what was wrong with me? Well, like well, like well, like well, like I said, C's and D's were popular batteries used for these toys like for a long time, but by the '90s they were starting to like phase them out in favor like of more efficient, more efficient uh, uh, double or triple A batteries. Are they more efficient? Yeah, yeah, they're definitely. Um, plus they're plus they're cheaper in the long run, so. Hmm. But uh, no, I'm still curious as to why I thought they were Caesar D's. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, can I answer that question that I'm asking myself? Uh, so we will continue before yes. I make any other make a, before I say anything else that's wrong. What definitely was a gimmick, a gimmick device, I think, like with Super NES Mouse. Because... But it worked better. It did work better. Um, again, I have no experience with using this back in the day. Um, but from what I understand from talking to people who did have one, like with a handful of games that supported it, um, it worked very well. Um, oh, it, yes. It's it's awesome. It, it was a very simple mouse. Um, it was first released in July of 1992, uh, like in Japan. And it came out worldwide uh, later on that year. Uh, it was originally... Uh, the mouse, the mouse, the mouse was originally designed to be used with and came bundled with uh, Mario Paint, which is a great title that we have to cover at some future at, at some future point in the podcast. I sure. own a copy. <laughs> um, 
it was also it was also, however, later on later on in his life, uh, also sold separately. You know what I want to do? I want to hook up an SNES mouse to my computer and use it. You probably could do that because, after all, this I is just, could. I do have an adapter. Uh, this mouse is very typical, uh, typical looking for typical looking like from my time period. It it's just, tiny though. Well, again, it was kind of based off the based off the Apple mice in the time period. Uh, it was very small and compact um, uh, with two large buttons. It's hard to, to, to be honest, in 2016, it's kind of hard to find a mouse that fits my needs, like a mouse that fits my hand and a mouse that is of a weight that I like because I like heavy things. The mouse... Um, uh, the mouse, the mouse was also designed, designed the small side, partly, partly so that they could fit it like in the game box, obviously, but also partly because that they figured most Japanese people, people have small hands, and they figured most people who, <laughs> and they, like, and they figured, like, they, they figured the biggest market for the system was kids. So I mean, there's yeah. no, but yeah. they, um, um, it also came with a mouse pad. So if like, your collector out there, oh, really, was looking for it. Make sure that you're getting the mouse pad, the, the mouse pad with it, like you want to have a complete thing. Um, it's a very simple mouse pad. It's branded. Um, uh, it's branded. Like it's branded Nintendo um, in the bottom right corner. I'm afraid that it might be like a hundred bucks on eBay or something. No, uh, we'll, we'll talk about eBay pricing here. Like it's like it's like the end, but it's not too bad. Yeah. All right. Um, but it's a very simple mouse pad. But it was officially stamped Nintendo, and if you want to have a complete mouse, you got to have the mouse pad. So I don't care about having it complete, but I am really interested in that Nintendo mouse pad. So um, we mentioned we mentioned in the past podcast uh, what games actually supported the mouse. So I won't like go through the whole list again. But it was about like you know like forty games, uh, most of them like Japanese only. But there were about like you know was that more than the Super Scope. Yes, way more than the Super Scope. <laughs> uh, although curiously enough, curiously enough, some games some games had support for both the mouse and the zapper. Uh, like combined or like at different times? Uh, you could use one or the other, basically. Like for example, okay, Lemmings, so not both at the same time. Right, like Lemmings Two, you could use either. Uh, that makes sense though, using Lemmings with a mouse because it's a, a computer game. Operation Thunderbolt also also allowed you to use either the zapper or like the mouse. So, also, I didn't know Lemmings Two came out on the SNES. I, I yeah, um, that's but, uh, yeah. that's pretty cool. So um, anyway, uh, the mouse. The mouse worked basically just like you would expect, like for a mouse, uh, like a plug directly, you plug directly like into your second second control port uh, by the Super NES, and they, um, by all accounts, well, it also works in the first port. Yeah, right. If you're playing like Mario Paint or something, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. So, yeah. like, um, um, you know, so by like so by all accounts, like it worked fine. Curiously enough, there were a number of curiously enough, there were a number of later Nintendo released games. That if you had a mouse plugged in, the game wouldn't start. She would give you a warning message saying, "Please, uh, please, uh, basically saying like, please, like, please, like, disconnect your mouse because the mouse is not compatible with this game." Choke yourself with the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so interesting about that. Yeah, it's it's too bad that they didn't like still allow you to somehow play just like use the tuba. I, I don't know. Um and. Um, and we had, yeah, and we didn't mention this, but the Genesis also, the Genesis, the Genesis also both had a life gun, um, uh, yeah, a, a light gun and a mouse during its lifetime as well. So, mm -hmm. I have not seen the mouse, but I am aware that it is a, a thing. The PlayStation also had a mouse. 
I am aware of this, but I still have not seen it. It's rare. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, and there they, wasn't a PlayStation 2 mouse, right? There may have been Japan only. I don't know. Oh, I, I know that means that means I'm gonna have to go and get it. I, I know. I know there wasn't one for the U.S. There was hardly any. Uh, most most PlayStation games that supported the mouse were just simply computer ports. But that would actually make sense if a mouse came out because there was a web browser for the. I believe there. Yeah, there was a web browser for the PS2. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I have the Dreamcast mouse. Yeah. Actually, I think I have two, and I have a 3DO mouse. Mm. So the most popular, uh, the most popular, like of all the accessories, uh, arguably, and the one that had the most support was obviously the Super Game Boy, which is an awesome device. Uh, basically speaking, it basically speaking, it allows you to play Game Boy games uh, like on your big screen television set. And then there was also a Super Game Boy Two, but that was only Japan, right? Correct. Yep. Oh. So the Super Game Boy was originally released um, was originally released in June, like in, like June of ninety four. Uh, so about like midway through. <laughs> that was my birth month and year. <laughs> um, it retailed. Um, it also retailed for sixty bucks. Um, that's how much it took me to be born. I <laughs> just continue. I'm just talking about stupid stuff now. Um, and it also came out, uh, worldwide as well. Um, and, and yeah. worldwide release. Yes. That's rare for that year, that, that, that time, that era. Um, I don't know if it came out that same year, but it, uh, but, but, uh, but I got the worldwide release like either later that year or the following year. Uh, European destroying release date release data is kind of it was harder to find. Oh, so it wasn't worldwide the same day. No. Okay. Very very little uh, back then was like was like right. Like I was saying, it's very rare for a worldwide release on the same day. Right. So um, um, we're still having trouble with that now. Actually. <laughs> It happens with some games. Indeed, but, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I did not know this was coming out. Um, I, I it was a complete shock to me when I came into a complete shock to me. Like one day, um, you know, one day I walked into Walmart and saw it sitting there, uh, like on the shelf, uh, to be sold. And I'm just like, gimme, boof. So, 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 sixty bucks later, I came out with it, and I didn't regret it like at all because I had a pretty big Game Boy uh, Game Boy library, and as we talked about, there were a number of Game Boy games that came out after that that offered that offered special 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 Super Game Boy only features. So, uh, you know what's really cool? Um, there is some kind of functionality like this in the N sixty four, um, but it's only with like. Pokemon games? Yes, there was a Pokemon device. I, I remember that. Uh, well, I'm talking about Pokemon uh, Stadium, where you can plug in the game cartridge and then you go you go somewhere in the menus or something. Mm, and you right. could actually play your game on the N64, mm, right. which was insane. I didn't know that was a thing until like recently. There was also some limited, like some limited uh, GBA and GameCube support. Uh, where, like, for example, was there a game you could play like mini games or like whatnot, like your GBA, uh, like you're playing the main Zelda game, like in your GameCube. Also, apparently, um, when Nintendo, uh, this was this was around N64 era when Game Boy games were coming out. Apparently, Nintendo had some kind of, like, N64 Game Boy player that they never released. It was only for, like, 
internal stuff. Mm. So when they were going around with their metal boxes and the metal box being attached to the representative from Nintendo, and they were going around to like game review reviewing publications, like they would have a Game Boy game inside this N64 Game Boy player. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like, this this is like stuff that uh, I've heard from multiple game journalists around that era. It, it makes sense that they would do that because it's like a lot easier, like easier for them to be able to display the games to show off to people. Yeah, so. but like, you know how much money they'd make off of that if they released that as a commercial object? I, I guess they figured that since the Super Game Boy was still was still available, uh, because remember, Nintendo didn't stop making the Super NES. Until like you know, until like you know, '98. So um, I guess I figured there really wasn't there really wasn't a need to do it again. When did the '64 come out? '96, I uh, in North America. '95. Really? Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, all right. There was, however, the that Game Boy. Sense. There was, however, the Game Boy Player, like the GameCube, which was the. I have that, and uh, I have the disc, and yeah. I have the the box. It's it's. The disc is all – the whole thing is complete in box with the the disc, the case, the, the slip, the manual, uh, and the hardware. Hmm. I don't have the box or anything for yeah. it, but I have the disc and everything. Yeah. Oh, man, I got a good deal off of that. And it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing. The uh, only problem is it doesn't play uh, – it doesn't play anything before Game Boy Advance. Whereas the whereas, 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 whereas the Super Game Boy would play original Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Pocket, and um, and Game Boy Color games. So yeah. yep. um, there was also available in Japan only. Uh, Hori made a special a special a special a special Super Game Boy controller, which is modified slightly to have some different buttons and features to support the Game Boy uh, games better. I I would want that, but I'm I. I am sure that is very expensive. It, it, it is expensive, yes. <laughs> the Hori controller I have, I, I bought a Hori controller for, is it Hori? I believe it's Hori, um, for the PlayStation 2. And what's really cool is it has a uh, headphone jack in the controller, um, and there's this special attachment that you put in the AV port and it's a pass-through device, but it also has a uh, a 3.5 millimeter cable, and you plug that into where the controller plugs into the console, and that brings the audio to the controller. And you 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 listen through headphones, and there's a a volume uh, mm. knob on the controller. Mm. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's 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 awesome, and it's it's a really awesome controller. You should uh, you should take a look at it. Mm. And it and it's. The Sega branded kind of as well. Mm-hmm. It's weird. So, so let's talk uh, tech specs uh, like a little bit. Um, the Super Game Boy is actually uh, is actually is actually like for our, like for our, like for our practical purposes, um, a Game Boy. If you contains the same hard like um, it contains the same core hardware that the Game Boy had. That would make sense because emulation wasn't really a thing back then. Um. The Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy uh, CPU being used in Super Game Boy uh, is known to play both the game program, program and the audio. How's it, uh, how's it being a nitpicky? Uh, 2.4% faster than the original uh, Game Boy hardware um, because the uh, because, because Super NES's clock speed is a little bit faster 
faster than the Game Boy's clock speed. They so. couldn't really... I mean, there's got to be a way to make it, like, 100% accurate. Um, you can you can do that by also adding an appropriate crystal crystal oscillator to the Super Game Boy, and, and it's connecting... And it's connecting uh, the, uh, the clock and the, the, the clock and the Super NES. Wow, you were waiting for me to say. That. <laughs> oh, wow. um, the Super Game Boy Two, which you mentioned earlier, George, was released in Japan only. Uh, came out came out ninety eight, and additions included a link port to allow user to access two player mode yes. by the link ga- cable. Uh, Flight had a green game link uh, like. A game link LED light and also and also red power uh, LED light uh, and runs the, uh, and fixes that and it fixes that timing problem that we just talked about uh, by running the exact same speed. Oh, okay. Uh, and also comes with eight new default bo- borders, which replace the original four that the Game Boy. Uh, I'm sorry, that the Super Game Boy had. Are those expensive? Because it's Japan only. Is it expensive? Um. It's not that much more expensive than the original Game Boy. Like you can get them over here in the states. Okay, but they um, I might I might buy one. <laughs> so the Super Game Boy, basically, for regular Game Boy games that didn't have any Super Game Boy support, you had your choice of like four different color schemes uh, to be able to use to try to approximate, and you could change changes on the fly. So you could try to approximate what you think the colors in the game should look like. It worked better for some games than others, but still, like, it was a nice touch. Um, the main advantage, of course, was just being able to play like our Game Boy games uh, like on a big screen. So which was which was very nice for like many games. And now you can do that with the Retron Five. Yep. So and you know and uh, and later on later on other and later on other Game Boy games would have enhancements. Uh, for example, like for example, they have custom borders. Um, or you'd have, uh, or special features or special colors uh, available to it. For example, the Game Boy Advance Space Invaders allowed you like, allowed you to play not only a colored version of the Game Boy game, but it also but it also had built into it the Super NES version of the game. So, cool. uh, but they, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see what else can I say about the Super Game Boy? Um, it was really cool. Well, it was kind of there's there's popular legend that Nintendo was inspired to make the Super Game Boy because they saw how popular that the that the intelligence system wide a wide boy two uh, in Japan was, which was a unauthorized third party add on to allow you to play Game Boy games like in your NES. So they probably so the rumor has it that they saw how like how well that was doing and like hey we can do this totally so um that makes sense but they uh. So yeah, um, the Super Game Boy was definitely very nice. Like we said earlier, it was like it was replaced eventually, eventually by the, eventually to eventually, to eventually by the Game Boy Player, uh, which could, um, which um, I think you may have misspoken earlier, George. The Game Boy Player could play like all, you could play all generation uh, Game Boy games. I don't, I don't remember that being a thing, but I could go test that later. Yeah, I, I I definitely remember playing playing regular Game Boy games on it. I thought I remember reading in the manual. It says it doesn't. There's, speak, but I, I could be wrong. If I remember correctly, there's two you know there's two ports for that. 
one port for GBA games. Can we have the port for re- can we have the port for like regular Game Boy games? No, there's only one port. Okay, I'm thinking something else then. Maybe. But, but yeah, it, welcome to the podcast where everyone is wrong. <laughs> I I know I'm not wrong in playing Game Boy games on it though. I I will I will go check that out because I I actually have a GameCube set up with that. Um, in, in my bedroom. Uh. Where did I put the disc? The Game Boy Player, however, will not use will not use it for Game Boy like enhanced like enhanced features though. Uh, those limited like only no some, right. So those are limited. So I know are, the Game Boy Advance Player has the borders and, and stuff. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So. Um. So uh, it doesn't play them, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, that's pretty much it for our coverage, like on these three things. Um, um, you said you're a Super Game Boy, uh, uh, like now, George, right? Yes. Do you ever use it, or, or do you use it, or is it just, do you use it, or is it just a curiosity to you? I used to use it before I got the Game Boy Player and the yeah. uh, um, the Retron, and uh, actually. My recent acquisition uh, came from China. It's a uh, knockoff Game Boy Color uh, that has loaded games onto it, but it also has a cartridge slot, and it's backlit. Hmm. So, yeah, if I'm going to be playing Game Boy games and it's on the go, uh, that's going to be my choice because that fits better in my hands uh, than... A Game Boy SP um, and a Game Boy Advance does not have uh, a backlight. So I actually loved uh, the Game Boy, you know, the Game Boy Advance SP. I like the Game Boy Advance body. The Game Boy Advance SP has that backlight though. Uh, so like the the, the 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 SP like barely fits in my hands mm. because my hands are too big and it is so small. Uh, the Game Boy Advance <clears throat> is nicer. There are there are people who mod Game Boy Advance. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, handouts to uh, add a backlight, and I really want that done uh, because that's awesome. Well, because that these are made in such huge amounts, uh, all three of these accessories, and because accessories are not accessories are not as much in demand uh, as games for the system, you can still get all three of these accessories like pretty cheap. Um, a super scope, you can pick one up on eBay, uh, loose by itself. Uh, like the gun and the receiver, like those ten bucks. Um, Whoa! But if you want a box one, a, a, a box one, a box one, though, I can run up to about hundred bucks. Ten bucks? Yeah. Man. So, uh, mouse is even cheaper. If you just want the mouse by itself and don't care about the game, you know, the mouse pad, uh, I, I, I get one of those for like you know eight dollars. How much is it? How much is Mario Paint? Mario Paint, I did not look up. Okay. Um. The mouse, the mouse with the pad though, runs about seventeen bucks on average. Wow! So, alrighty, wow. And the Super Game Boy will run you uh, loose by itself for like eleven bucks. Um, and if you want, right. um, if you want a boxed, uh, if you want a box, it's around like you know, twenty-one bucks. Oh man! You know, twenty-one dollars. So That's again, well, insane. accessories are accessories are not as much accessories are not. A, are none are none as much demand because most typically a lot of people either emulate the games these days maybe they, for SNES or they just don't <laughs> care about the accessories. But. Look at accessories for like PlayStation and PlayStation Two. 
I mean, I mean, all three of these were very popular accessories back when they came out. Yeah. Um, but and, and they were made in large numbers, which is why it's still somewhat easy to find them to find them these days. But I actually uh, have a, an SNES arcade stick. Yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's also just because of the fact that. You know, the fact that these games are very limited in, 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 in like what they can do. I mean, Super Scope and the mouse only, only support a handful of games. The Super Game Boy, there were about 100 games in North America which had Super Game Boy enhanced features to it. So uh, the market for that one's one like, you know, a bit bigger, but still, I mean, um, most people can probably do that with something else too these days. So, but yeah, I just figured that's the reason the accessories don't really uh, – money that much if you want to complete uh in the box whatnot that gets pricey but you know loose loose used examples in good in good shape in good working condition can be have to pretty cheap yeah so anyway that's our special um our 50th anniversary (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah, there are a lot of uh, a lot of great accessories and a lot of oddball ones out there for the system. If you had any um, other accessories which were which were odd or unique, uh, by all means, you know, please let us know about it. How about the car accessory? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was you know I, I thought about that earlier and looked. I don't think there was that uh, much of my surprise. I could not find a driving wheel accessory. That's not too surprising. There there there, there may have been one for Japan only. Maybe you know it wouldn't shock me, but um, no, well, no, I mean like, a lot of earlier systems had a driving wheel, so um, but I, I couldn't find one for Super NES, so interesting. But uh, sometimes the ones you uh, sometimes the ones you the ones you expect to see uh, don't show up. So, but they, um, anyway, um, so if you have any. Um, stories or experiences or um, or any other um, oddball accessories that you have on hand or have used uh, back in the day, by all means, please let us know about it. You can reach us on our Facebook page, uh, or you can also send me an email directly to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Um, and George, and George, the good listeners would rather reach out to, to reach out to you as opposed to me for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> uh, how can they reach you? Oh, uh, well, let's see. I am on Twitter. I'm actually tweeting a lot more, which is cool. But I'm on Twitter. That's at Mr. Chief at M-I-S-T-U-R-C-H-E-E-F. Um, I will see the things you say to me, uh, and I will probably respond unless they're mean. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said, I'm tweeting, tweeting a bit more, talking about games, talking about whatever, basically. Um, but I also do some other podcasts. Don't do just this. I host a master system podcast, master system masterpieces. Uh, and I also do uh PlayStation power here with Greg. Uh, that's fun. We do uh PlayStation, PlayStation two games. Uh, you can find both of those, uh, hosted on the box The website is spelled out, uh, T H E B O X F O R T dot net. Um, I also do a podcast on VR, VR Enclave, and once in a while I will pop up on the One Up Gaming podcast. Hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
PlayStation Power podcast that we do together, like, is a lot of fun, like, for sure. But they, um, oh, especially when we when we have guests on, mm-hmm. uh, it's been wonderful. And they, uh, and uh, we teased earlier that we're doing a special, a special, a special, a special joint uh, episode of the Super NES and the PlayStation po- uh, Power podcast, and that's still happening. We are happening. teasing it again, and we're teasing it again. Yes, <laughs> it, it is happening though. It, it, it is in the works. Uh, we will we will release further de- further details later on down the road. Um, but for our next episode, George, uh, what are we covering next time? Shadowrun. Yes, uh, a very a very interesting game for the Super NES, to say the least. So this a, would be a very awesome game, and I have a lot to say because what I, what I just recently got up to, Greg. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Uh, this may be our most difference of opinion episode, perhaps. So, you don't like this game? I'm not going to go that far. Um, I don't have any history or experience experience with this. I don't really have any history with it either. Well, that's interesting then, because we're approaching it from two different from two different angles then. So this ought to be interesting to talk about. Yeah. So, um, there is a, um, we will say, however, right now that this is that this game is different than the Genesis game by the same name. So, so do not get the two of them confused. Yes. Uh, unlike many other ports of games, for some reason, for some reason, the company the company felt uh, like felt infinite wisdom to make two different versions of the game. Uh, uh, it was actually two different companies who made these games. I have to research that further. I didn't think so. This one, the one for SNES was made by Bean Software, which is Australian. And the other one was who? I do not remember off the top of my head. Well, I could be misinformed. Luckily, we're not covering that game this episode, so I don't have to sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but Greg, you already sound like an idiot. I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Well, yeah, uh, both yeah, both of us have already have already done that enough this episode. I think. Oh, should... I do that all the time. <laughs> I, do, I I do it all the time, and then like I I've had nobody point me out like I'm being wrong, but like if somebody does it, I will admit that I'm wrong because I do make mistakes, and it's like uh, I don't know. <laughs> So I think so. I think we should cut our losses and just simply wish the you know wish the wish the listeners out there like a good night or or day or afternoon or whatever you have or whenever you have to be listening to this. Sure. <laughs> um. So, so thank you all thank you very much for listening. Uh, we appreciate your support and say good night, George. Good night, George. Later. <laughs> uh. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep power.